Well, I want to do a little taxation on a Money Talk special here. And our go-to guy is the CEO of our family office, Tim uh, Sesnick, writes for the Globe and Mail. You can find him on Twitter, but you can also, I mean, he's the author of, well, the best book I ever read and got me set because it was all about practical information. You know, what can we do? What steps can we take? So we've called on Tim over the years. He always does a fabulous job. But I wanted to talk about a specific thing. Now, this is just me. And please don't hear I'm putting words in Tim's mouth. I don't like it when I'm insulted by uh, my intelligence is insulted by politicians who tell me one thing, do another, tell me one thing that I know is not quite true. And in this case, I'm talking about when politicians stand up and say, hey, we've got no new taxes. And I'm going, well, you're not acknowledging the impact that inflation has in a lot of areas of our tax. And that's what I want to uh, bring Tim on to discuss. Tim, first of all, thanks for taking time. Uh, so let me start with this is, I think we're aware that our tax bracket, you know, what bracket do you stand in? What's your marginal tax rate are, is adjusted for inflation, you know, that they do move it. Now, uh, just a, a quick aside, do they move it sufficiently? I mean, I, I'm not saying they're tricking us with it, but do they actually move it? Uh, you know, did they go up by about 28% last, <laughs> last year? Well, I guess it depends what you're spending your money on. If you're spending your money yeah. on food and fuel, uh, your, your tax brackets did not go up in pace with that. But uh, like as a general rule, the, the, the tax brackets and certain tax amounts do get indexed to inflation every year by CPI. So, you know, to, to what extent that helps, you know, it, it does help someone. And I don't think anyone can really complain too much about the rate that they use to index those things. Um, but as you know, you know, that's not the whole story because there are a lot of things, a lot of numbers in the tax law that just don't get indexed at all, yeah. uh, ever. Um, yeah, and that's what I want to talk about because that's a de facto way of saying I'm increasing your taxes. Uh, let's just, I'm just thinking here, maybe not everyone is aware of the importance of doing that, of indexing for the inflation mm -hmm. rate. Because I'll need your help to make it more clear, clarify that because I'm not that good at it. But basically, yeah. inflation, yeah, we got our wage increase, but it pushes us up to a new tax bracket or, or more money goes into that tax bracket uh, and it doesn't buy you near as much. Yeah, that's, that, that's right. And I think, you know, when it comes to inflation, people don't think about inflation as a tax, but it actually is a tax. And because it has the same impact on individuals as a tax does. So you, to give you a sort of a simple example, take an individual who might um, earn $100 one year, um, and let's say that uh, let's say they pay no tax. Let's say they don't they have no ta zero tax. So they, they take home $100 um, after the end of the year, and say they can buy a basket of goods and services with the $100, and it costs them $100 to buy you know a basket of goods and services. That's that's all good. So this person can afford one basket. Now take another individual. Maybe it's uh, you know a relative or someone who earns the same amount of money, but um, um, let's supposing uh, this person does pay tax. And so they walk away, not with, not with a hundred dollars, but something less than that. Um, and this person obviously isn't going to be able to afford to buy the same amount because they, they're, they're subject to income tax. You think, okay, well, you're worse off if, you, if you're paying tax. Well, we know that that's, that's obvious. But what about inflation? What if, what if these two individuals, um, um, what if one, in, one faced inflation and the other one did not? So in a case where a basket costs $100 this year, um, you can buy that basket, no problem. You walk away with $100 of after-tax income, you, you buy your basket. But what happens if the basket costs you now $108 a couple of years later? All of a sudden, you can't buy a full basket anymore. You're, you're sort of in the same situation as the person, uh, your friend who 
um, paid some tax and couldn't afford a full basket. And, you, you know, you, you're the same, you're in the same situation. You can't afford to buy using after-tax dollars, the things you could buy earlier. So, the, the, but the worst thing about, uh, the, the bad thing about inflation is that it's, it's subtle. A tax increase we can all see. The government announces we're increasing rates or whatever. Um, we get that. But with inflation um, or with tax uh, figures that are not indexed by inflation, it's a very subtle thing. You don't actually notice it necessarily. You don't wake up one morning and say, gee, I can buy 90% of what I bought last year. Uh, you, you can't you can't put a finger on it unless you actually take time to do the math and you can experience it. A lot of people through the last year have realized, I feel like I'm stretched more. I can't buy as much as I used to at the grocery store. Um, but when it comes to uh, our tax figures, tax brackets and things like that, if they're not indexed, you're going to experience the same kind of pain as though, um, you know, that comes along with just increasing prices. So one example of that, Michael, just take this for there's lots of examples, actually, but let's just take one example. Um, take the Canada Pension Plan. So we all, you know, if we're working, we make contributions to the Canada Pension Plan, but you don't make any contributions on your first $3,500 of, of income. It's only income above that. But that threshold has not actually been indexed since 1996. So if you looked at it in today's dollars, that exemption amount would actually be about $6,100 today. But it hasn't been indexed. So we are paying, you know, CPP premiums or, or contributions on C, uh, to, to the Canada Pension Plan um, at a much higher rate effectively than we used to in the past. Uh, and you might say, well, that's, that's, that's a contribution to a pension plan. I'm going to get money out of that one day. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, take, take child care expenses. You know, it's, it's been for many years the case back in, you know, 20 years ago that, that the maximum in child care deductions you could claim was $7,000. Well, that's increased now to $8,000. But you know where that should be today? Compared to 20 years ago, it should be $12,000. Wow. I mean, child care costs have gone up. But we can't deduct $12,000. We can deduct $8,000. So when, when deduction amounts and thresholds are not indexed to inflation, it actually is a creep on our, on our after-tax income, believe it or not. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Milton Friedman famously said that inflation is taxation, you know, hidden taxation. But the point you're bringing forward that I really want people to be clear on, if they don't adjust, you know, might be an exemption. In that case, when do you start paying your Canada pension? Well, as you say, you go back, it was $3,500, but they didn't index it. So now you start paying, it should be at 12000 to give you the equivalent of when they first did that. It's not. It's still at 3500 which doesn't buy you near as much, isn't worth near as much. And as you've written in the Globe and Mail, there's a lot of examples of that. Um, let me just grab a couple of others, because it's been one of my bugaboos, yeah. is to charge people for employment insurance when they don't make much money. Students come to mind all the time for me. You yes. know, that is part-time work. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that exemption originally was $2,000, and it hasn't changed. Yeah, that's right. It's another example of um, effectively a tax increase without really changing anything mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because of inflation. You know, and, and if you're a business owner today, you don't even realize this, but, you know, people celebrate the fact that the first $500,000 of income you earn as a small business owner is taxed at a lower rate than, than other income because it's, it's uh, they want to incentivize people to start businesses and mm -hmm. encourage people to earn income in small businesses. But that exemption amount hasn't changed since 2009. 
that 500,000 exemption really should be about $685,000 now if you'd indexed it. So effectively what it means is today, if you're a small business owner, you're paying about $25,000 more in tax each year today than you should be on an after, ta- on an after inflation basis. That, that's such a great example, though, is that, yeah, you go, oh, great, that it, when it was first introduced, you got a 500000 as you say, for exactly those reasons. Uh, help me get through it. I mean, everybody knows the failure rate of small business is huge. So you get a lower tax rate. I think it's 12.5% on that income. And then it jumps after 500000 affordable. But I really want to make clear that people understand they didn't change that. So that 500000 uh, you know, should be 685000 as you just said. You know, so it's just not worth as much. And we're seeing that through, I mean, obviously the tax code is so huge. You know, there's so many Mm -hmm. examples, but, you know, a lot of small business people listen to money talks. It's a tough go. I mean, that's not a surprise, I hope, to anyone. It's been a really tough go over the last several years. And yet there's been no indexing of or acknowledgement of, of that, you know, with the inflation rate pushing your income up, but you're not in real terms anywhere. Uh, Let me throw one at you from seniors. I was looking at the guaranteed income supplement for Mm -hmm. low income seniors, which I think uh, virtually all Canadians would support. And what was it? You know, you got an exemption, I think about $5,000 or something like that. And again, that hasn't budged. So that exemption isn't worth near as much to a a low income senior. Absolutely. Um, You know, another example that really hits home for a lot of people is you, you know, you go to the store and you buy go to a fast food restaurant or something or any restaurant, you know, the, the, you know, you buy uh, food and beverages, let's say the first $4 typically GST is not applicable on the first $4. Well, that threshold $4 threshold hasn't changed since 1989. Wow. And it should be $9 today. So, yeah. but you know, because we are paying tax on, um, on, on, on food and beverages over $4 still, it's like in a tax increase effectively when you calculate the after inflation, uh, you know, what you can buy for the same dollars um, today. But surely they must be aware of that in Revenue Canada, you know, and then hence they got a finance minister who must be aware of this. And when I see it in so many instances, uh, you know, and, and I, we could just keep going back and forth on this. I'm thinking of sole proprietors in their own business because that's a growing field mm-hmm. or, or a category. You know, they could claim, you used to be able to claim, well, you can claim a deduction for premiums if you paid for private health services. Again, hasn't budged since 1998. Mm-hmm. What, it used to be 1500 bucks? I mean, that should be, you know, twenty five to $3,000 now, and it hasn't budged. I mean, so in, in other words, you're paying more. Absolutely. And, you know, um, another example, you, you, you cross the border and, and you want to buy something in the U.S. and you come back and you're down there for maybe a couple of days and you get an exemption, right? It's an $800 exemption, which was established back in 2012. Well, today that exemption should be over $1,000. So another example where the, the failure to index certain amounts to inflation effectively increases taxes on people. Um, back to what I was saying, though. I mean, they must be aware of this. I mean, there's so many examples so they know darn well they're increasing our tax burden. I mean, I don't see how they would. Sure. If, I, if I know, and it's not my job, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a um, death by a thousand cuts because over the last decade, inflation has been so low that nobody has mm-hmm. sort of said, "Oh, this really, really impacts me." But you know, when you when we're seeing you know inflation at you know eight point one percent in June of twenty twenty 
2022, I guess it was, June, yeah, June 2022, year over year, okay, those kind of rates, and that's come down since that time, but rates have been much, much higher in the last year and a half than they have been for a long, long time. And now people are saying, well, wait a second here. I'm, I'm not only being hit with higher prices, I'm actually paying more in tax effectively as well. Now, let me come back to the first thing you said, because there's a couple of issues for me on it, and that's the Canada Pension Plan and, you know, how your contributions, the amount, you know, they kick it and, uh, you know, it used to be 3500 It's still 3500 and it shouldn't yeah. be. It should be significantly higher. So one, I'm, uh, it's a mandatory contribution, though. And uh, we can get into this in a second when people say, well, it's a pension. I say, well, I'll tell you this, you'd be a hell of a lot better off if they made it a mandatory contribution to your own pension, like it had your name on it. You know, Tim Sesnick's yeah. forced, yes. So got the mandatory still there for those who worry we wouldn't do it, but it would be in your own name. Then you'd get a nest egg at the end of it that's significant. Yeah. And I look at that as a tax, by the way. If I have invested, you know, and I got even below the Toronto, uh, sorry, the TSX return of say 9%, 8%, but I got six instead, I still would have hundreds, well, I'd have millions of dollars actually after 40 years. I started in 25, I mm-hmm. finished when I'm 65, I'd have millions of dollars. Well, you don't get any access to that nest egg and God forbid you died at the age of 64, you know, right. when you never collected. I look at that as a tax. Now, correct me if you, th- and it's okay if you think I'm not. No, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I have no problem with, uh, you know, mandatory savings. I think people need to be encouraged. Uh, yeah. I don't know if compelled is the right term. I shouldn't use that maybe, but to, to save because people tend not to save for retirement. Yeah. Um, but having said that, absolutely, if people had a choice to opt out or to, you know, invest on their own or to put money into the Canada Pension Plan, at least there's an, a choice there, right? But the government obviously has, doesn't work that way. Um, much to the dismay of, uh, you know, folks in Alberta, (laughs) some anyway, who think that the Canada pension plan should not be part of their lives. But, and and I don't begrudge them that. I think there's, there's, you know, there's good rationale for why people might think that way, but it is a tax. And we know it is because you all have to do is look at a lot, look at a lot of, um, business owners, for example, who structure their compensation to try to avoid paying CPP contributions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you take dividends instead of salary, that kind of thing. And you try to avoid um, these kinds of contributions, some, some go work very hard to try to avoid that. But the other side of that is people have to notice is the threshold, like you only play up to a certain amount. You pay a percentage up to a certain starts. It starts too soon, you know, yeah. because they didn't index, but it goes further and they have well, higher and, and it's a higher rate though now. Well, not, not only they increase the rate, but they, that one thing they do index regularly is the, is the upper threshold. So mm-hmm. you're going to contribute based on, income that is um, uh, up to a certain amount of income and that, that amount that you're, you're contributing up to. So if you're making, I think it's, you know, it's about $65,000 this year, uh, anything over that you don't contribute in respect of those earnings, but anything under that you, you do. And that threshold keeps rising. So, yeah. and the rate's now going up. So you're actually really paying a lot more now. In fact, between EI and CPP this year in 2024, um, people will be contributing a close to about $5,000. Someone, someone making 73000 a year will be contributing 5000 out of their own pocket to CPP in the eye. And the really bad news that I'm proud that Money Talks talks about all the time is we have two, 2 million plus people who are self-employed, you know, in this country, maybe 2.3, whatever the latest stat can number. They pay both. They pay both the employer and the employee mm-hmm. side of that. Well, now you're talking crazy money. You you're know, talking, you know, ten thousand dollars, eleven thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of money now, especially when you're talking. You think about 
you know, 73,000 of income is really not that high, especially if you've got to take 10,000 of that and give it to the government for to start with. Yeah. yeah. Just to start right. with. And now let's pay taxes. You know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And especially as you say, whether you're living in, well, any, any urban center and then any rural center. Oh, everybody. You know, it used to be many years ago, Mike, that we'd look at, at the U.S. and what they were charging for, for Medicare and Social Security taxes, that, you know, what they call FICA taxes down there. And I was always amazed at how high those numbers were. Like their income taxes were a bit lower than ours and sometimes a lot lower than ours. But they paid these what are called um, federal insurance uh, contribution amounts or FICA taxes. And we've caught up to them now. We're, we're pretty much up there now. It's it's a very difficult. I mean, I'm on, and I'm proud to say I didn't need the inflation number to know how difficult it was for a growing number. Our thing wasn't just the lowest quintile of income earners. A growing number. I think we're into about. If I look at the polls and read them, you know, maybe fifty five, sixty percent of people uh, are in. You know, really challenged times. You've got higher mortgage rates for anybody who's renewing on that and has renewed. But of course, many more are going to be renewing in twenty four, twenty five, twenty six. Uh, and as I say, that's why this is important to me. We, we can't mm -hmm. afford this. We have to, uh, because more and more people are going to go under with this. I mean, that's my words, mm -hmm. you know, but the tax burden continues to grow up. And, and I'm, I'm really pleased you find time for us, Tim, first of all, to educate us on the whole subject. But in this case, again, people don't seem to be aware that by not properly indexing, that's another way for many categories of people, whether it's a senior, well, whether it's just someone working and paying into Canada Pension Plan, their tax, their tax burden is going up, no matter what a politician says, you know, we're not raising taxes. I'll just assume they're ignorant. I won't, I won't say they're deceitful. But <laughs> in the meantime, let me encourage people to go to your Twitter account, Tim Sesnick, but find him in the Globe and Mail. You know, always talk. That's where I got the idea for this, by the way, is reading Tim's column in the Globe and Mail. And you go, gosh, when the list starts getting rolled out in front of you, you realize what a challenge this in, but always great work, uh, author, and of course the head. Uh, you know, I mean, he's been he's the co-founder um, of you our, know, family our family office. office. Yeah, the co-founder of that. But with that, also an author, uh, all sorts of things. Tim, thanks for sharing your expertise. You know, it's appreciated. Thanks, Mike. Good to be with you again.